This show is brought to you by Nice Mugs. Nice Mug is the only mug made entirely out of ice. For more information, go to nicemug.com and enter the coupon code SAUNA for 10% off your entire purchase. Hey everybody, uh, another installment of Sauna Talk here. Uh, today on the bench we're joined uh, with Scott Reisenen. And Scott, he's the commercial sales manager at Tylo Hilu. Uh, they're in Coquito, Minnesota, and uh, pretty much any sauna stove in North America, with a few exceptions, uh, comes through Coquito, Minnesota. Um, it was a cold Minnesota winter's evening when we gathered in my backyard sauna, and we got started right away talking about the cold and uh, ice hockey and sorted out some beers for the night, uh, different beers that we had brewing uh, on, the, on the bench. Uh, in my changing room, um, it's kind of interesting because uh, a typical you know, Minnesota day, it could be 0, 10 below, uh, and a balmy 20. So one of the ways I keep beers from freezing is uh, in my changing room, there's also stairs to go to the loft um, above the garage. And uh, so I'll move beers up, up the stairs depending on how cold it is, and that's how I, I manage uh, beer temperature. So that's what that context was all about. Um, so please stay with us for this chat. Uh, it's, a, it's long. Uh, we get going. And uh, Scott lives and breathes sauna building. Uh, on a commercial side, he's done plenty of residential sauna building. Um, and though uh, he grew up with sauna, uh, Scott landed in Finland on his 20th birthday and uh, got seasoned to sauna in the old country. Um, then came back to America, uh, and uh, and now at commercial, you know, as the commercial sales manager for Tylo Hilo, uh, Scott has seen his fair share of saunas. Uh, as he says, if you don't have a good sauna heater, you don't have a good sauna. And uh, he says, I've walked away from sales because it wasn't done correctly. Uh, we talk about a kick-ass sauna and um, and how to do that, how to get your own sauna, how to build your sauna, um, how to go about purchasing a sauna. And uh, we chat about some other fun things like uh, at the lake, uh, never lock your sauna building. It's good karma to have a sauna ready just in case someone runs into problems on the lake, slush, snowmobiles, skiing, what have you. It's uh, it's really nice to see on a on a uh, a lake in wintertime uh, saunas dotting the shoreline. Um, they're they're a warm welcome feeling just to know they're there. Uh, in sauna building, there's a the two foot wide sauna door. Uh, what that's all about and why that's a good size, uh, and the 612 Sauna Society, uh, bringing sauna to unexpected places in Minneapolis uh, this past winter, uh, the ultimate mobile sauna uh, built on a trailer where the wheels can tuck up underneath, allowing the sauna to sit on grade, uh, lightweight, pick it up and go, and uh, could, uh, could sauna become as popular as Coldplay? We tread down the infrared line of thinking and also cleaning a sauna, um, a product that, uh, that Scott was uh, kind enough to give to me that, that, that I've been using, a uh, little dab and bucket of warm water. Um, Scott references the, the Bodai Spa in Newport, Rhode Island, a place I'd like to visit uh, in the growing installment of uh, sauna travel within Sauna Times. And 
Uh, what else? You know, there's a lot in here. Uh, so thanks for listening to this episode of Sauna Talk. Uh, it's just uh, it's just been a great pleasure to get to know Scott. Um, you know, he'll call me on his way home. Uh, he works out in Cocado, Minnesota, which is uh, you know out, out west, about an hour from from the Twin Cities. Uh, a nice rural drive, and uh, oftentimes he'll give me a call uh, as he's heading back home, and uh, and we'll get going and we'll chat for pretty much the whole time it takes for him to drive from his uh, office to his driveway. And uh, it's kind of dangerous when you get a couple people together that can talk sauna for that long. But um, but you'll get it here. And so without further ado, I'm going to turn this over. Um, and keep in mind, as you may be listening to this, it could be a warm summer day. Uh, I have a bunch of these podcasts that I'm going to be releasing. Uh, uh, so the context of this one is it was cold, but that's okay. Because uh, you may be listening to this in, a, in uh, sandals and a t-shirt, but uh, it won't be long till uh, we'll be um, waxing up our cross-country skis and uh, lacing up our ice skates and heading back out while the sauna idles. So with this uh, episode of Sauna Talk, uh, I want to thank you for listening and be in touch soon. Hola, come in. Scott. Sorry I'm late. No, no, you were not late at all. As a matter of fact, it's uh, it worked out perfect. All right. And uh, I'd love to say it's 180 in there, but it's it's climbing. Yeah. So I think it's good. It's a good time. So this is what I do. I put my beers, as it gets cold, I move them up the stairs. Okay. So nice. uh, uh, you'll probably have one, right? Yeah, I brought a, I brought a few, uh, I don't know if you've ever had Kopini, it's a Canadian beer. No, I'd love to try. Take a look at this collection, uh, Pilsner Artel, I got Finnegan Sampler, that's owned by Summit, or is this the Molson Canadian in that spirit? Any of these uh, Molson actually, uh, haven't had one of those in a while. I'll grab a couple of these. Yeah, yeah glad this worked out. Oh, and you know what? I gotta prep a couple nice mugs for us too. Hey, you can show me the way. Yeah, yeah. I got. Uh, I don't know if you wanna add these to your collection. Is this? Uh, oh, you can put them right up. Yeah, we got cold everywhere, so I think we'll be good. I got a couple of nice mugs right over here. Matter of fact, I made a whole batch for. Uh, I'm building inventory. Okay. Look at that, huh? Wow. It's easy to make them this time of year. It's kind of fun to make them outside. Do they, uh, yeah, they, they hold up, look at that, isn't that something? Do they stay, uh, do they stay pretty, well, probably better outdoors than in a freezer, I Yeah, I, I'll show you my setup right here. Um, I got like a little production center in the garage here. The best way, the best way to make nice mugs is, you know, you fill the mold, uh, and ideally if you insulate the, 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 the mold with a wool sock, or even like a bubble wrap or something. Sure. If you put them in a conventional freezer. Okay. And the, the theory there is like skating on an outdoor lake. It for ice forms from the top down, crystal clear, like these right here. Yeah. So then, you know, 24 hours in the freezer, then take it out. And the, real, the other key trick is to sit it on the counter for like 10 minutes. Okay. Let it set up naturally. Sure. When the outside's wet, yep. then you actually you can pour a little water on the inside and it'll release from the mold really easily. Okay. Then you're ready for action. Okay. So I rushing it is is the was my problem that that probably I mean just like if you uh, 
I don't know, anything with ice and or even the wrong the wrong piece of glass if you Yeah. Yeah. You know. Thir- yeah, the thermal shock and all that. Yeah, that really hot glass and Yeah. Add gruyere to it. Yeah. I love the hat, by the way. [laughs] It's such a classic hat. Yeah. Is it old school or is it new, made to look old school? Uh it's new made to look old. I think I got it at t j maxx or something. Yeah? You know, the price is right. I didn't have to pay a too much for, you know, nowadays when you want it to look old it they charge you twice as much, so Yeah. Yeah, it'll be kinda funny if it's a Minnesota North Star gear that actually sold better than the Minnesota Wild gear. I I think it would if they let it, but I I don't think that uh [noise] I I I wanna say that Dallas owns it still. Oh, wouldn't that suck. And and I think that's I mean, the ultimate would be and it'd be interesting if they do it, but I doubt they will for the outdoor game for the alumni. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, if they wore North Star stuff, I I think they could. That would be a interesting thing. Yeah, I don't think they w- Are they gonna wear wild stuff? That's such an interesting thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Mhm. Maybe they'll well wear wild stuff, but North North Star's colors, I dunno. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. [laughs] But, oh, you know how I think they solved that problem is I remember recently they had, uh, Nikko Koivu and and Suter wearing the official outdoor garb. Mhm. And I think it was neutralized a little bit. Yeah. So they have a whole new jersey for this. Yeah, well, and that's Somebody thought of that. Probably Nike. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're gonna sell more product here. [laughs] I imagine, yeah. I know. So let's go in. You wanna go in? Sure. Yeah, I think we're ready. [noise] We'll ride it up. You know, it's it's certainly not good serving temperature, but it's getting getting there by the minute. I I toned it down. Mhm. Like, sometimes I'll light the fire and then I'll um Yeah. You know when I got a good flame going, I'll tone it down and let it, you know, just percolate for a while. But I think I brought it down a little too soon because it hasn't burned much wood yet. Yeah. That means there's not a lotta BTU going. And uh did you grow up in Minnesota? Yep. Yep. In in Coquato area? Uh yeah, I I uh was maybe in the metro area till I was maybe gonna say four Yeah. And then, uh but but yeah, my my mom grew up in Coquato and we ended up moving back. Oh. Um, do you care if I I don't care, you wanna nude up? Sure. I think that's good. K, it's pretty dark out. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, and so you so then you moved to Coquato at what age? I was, uh, probably four, three or four. Yeah. Grab a, oh you know what I wanna grab? Do you want some water? Uh, yeah, if you Oh, I got a nice jug of water. Hang on a second. I got it right up here. Okay. Yeah, that's [inaudible 0:13:26.22] And then uh I'm gonna bring in that microphone. And you grab the uh, clip board. Just in case. Yeah. [noise] This thing just does not like to stay on my arm. It must be your shirt fabric. I think it's just my arm is bent, so it must be for cooking. I think I'm getting it rid of it. Yeah, I can't get it out. Yeah. Is it done? No. [laughs] I don't think so. It's not done? No. [laughs] I'm gonna take you to Portland and uh Where's my phone? Okay. Yeah, I just realized, I just realized Oh, thanks, Paul. No, no worries. Okay, that's not good. Should we just start cooking now? There's another knife in that drawer under you. You definitely pick like a bigger piece. Yeah. It's a shame cuz that this thing's so heavy. But your wrist actually swollen right now. I don't know. Mm, what was the one thing that I was thinking about? Oh yeah, 
And then this John Pedersen, the 612 Sonic Society. Yeah. I think he was exactly 20 when he went abroad. Okay. For uh, fin to Finland. Okay. And his story is a famous one that yeah. you know, uh, where he was picked up from the airport and brought directly to Sama. Yeah. 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 That's uh. Talk about diving in. That's right. Know, right off the plane. And yeah. And how long? Um, how long were you in Finland? I was there for um, nearly a year. Yeah. Uh, it was like 11 months and change. I can tell you actually immersed yourself because you actually know some Finnish. I've heard you say some Finnish yeah, words. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't call myself fluent. Um, uh, that's my family background. Uh, my uh, great-grandparents came from Finland. Um so, uh, you know, it's, it's part of my heritage. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the language wasn't really passed on. You know, sure, pretty never typical, is. Uh, American uh, I know. thing. Uh, well, you know, to that, uh, to that point, my uh, mother is 100% Italian, and she grew up in a house. Uh, you know, her parents came over at a young age. And, uh, and so my mother's parents never wanted to speak Italian and never actually even wanted to acknowledge the Italian heritage. Sure. Because that, they were the, you know, the Italians were the, like the new immigrants. And right. it was all about being American. Right, know? right. So, yeah. so yeah, and then uh, obviously due to um, the, the Finnish background, um, you know, I would say that, that sauna was just part of, my, I mean, I, I, I was probably sitting in a baby bath on, uh, on uh, one of the benches in the sauna with my grandfather when I was probably, you know, could hardly walk. Yeah. Um, so that was just kind of part of the culture, I think, and I, or part of my upbringing. Um, you know, I, I think I didn't realize how lucky I was until uh, quite a bit later in life of, you know, just... The sauna was was just there. It, I didn't really mm -hmm. think much about it. It was just part of, you know, how I was raised. So, so, so at uh, during your childhood, <clears throat> how frequently would you sauna? Uh, you know, I, I it's hard to put you know a number on it, but I would say, um, probably, uh, you know, probably it worked out to be once a week. Um, for surely when I'd go to my grandparents' house, yeah. uh, a lot of my aunts and uncles had sauna, so. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, that's, that's great. So, so let's talk about sauna stoves. We'll dive into a few heavy, heavy topics here real quick and see how long we last in our first sauna. Sure. Um, and, and I'm not going to put, put you on a pedestal, Scott, but I would say that if anybody knows about sauna stoves in the world, you know, if you put everybody that knows a lot about sauna stoves together in a room, I mean, the room would not fill up. Maybe it would fill up. I mean, if you include a bunch of Finlanders that are in the industry. Yeah, like, probably like if you are. went to Finland, yeah, for sure. Okay, it it, all right. But, and, and you've told me a little bit about sauna stoves and the companies and who bought who and who started where. But, like, what would you say if you ran into somebody in a taxi cab and you know you were on your way and you only had like 15 you know 10 minutes to get to the airport or whatever and you just and someone said god what is it about sauna stoves and and who made them and who's selling them today 
Can you give us a, a quick little summary as you know it? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, you, you really, it, it goes back to Finland when you look at um, really any of the major market uh, sauna stoves. They're all made in uh, either Finland or uh, one of the Nordic countries, uh, be that Sweden. Um, you know, I think if you look within Europe, there, there may be, you know, some, some more, uh, what you might call a common or well-known brand, uh, you know, from Germany, maybe even Italy. Mm -hmm. um, but as we know it here in, in North America, uh, the quality stoves are uh, primarily made in Finland. That's where the majority of our stoves uh, are manufactured. Um, and, and for the listeners, when you say our stoves, uh, maybe we should just dive into that. T tell us who you work for and, and what your company does. Sure. Uh, Tilo Hilo is, is the name of the, the parent company. And um, the, the parent company owns, uh, or, or we have uh, many brands that, that we uh, sell. Uh, here in North America, the most popular are going to be uh, Finleo, Halo, um, Polar, and Tilo, or depending, that's the Swedish brand that, that we sell. Mm -hmm. um, those are kind of the main ones uh, that, that you're going to see, and uh, Halo... Finleo and the Polar heaters are, are manufactured in Finland. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, the Tilo brand is is uh, made in Sweden. Did, did Tilo buy Hilo? Uh, I believe uh, Hilo acquired Tilo. Um, <laughs> okay. This looks almost like a comedy show. Yeah, yeah. Did Tilo buy Hilo? But I, I draw the analogy to the auto industry. Where there's multiple brands under one roof, like Chevy, Chrysler, Plymouth, what have you. Sure. Uh, and then there was an acquisition. There's an acquisition within brands. Sure. So you mentioned these, these four main main brands, and they are all um, inventoried in Kokato, Minnesota. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, under the Tilo Hilo North America distribution arm. Yep. So uh, yeah, the the oddly enough and. Small, uh, small town, Minnesota, Kokato, the North American headquarters for Tilo Hilo, uh, this worldwide uh, sauna company, um, very prominent company if, if you look at it worldwide, um, and, and the North American headquarters are in uh, small town, uh, Kokato, Minnesota. Okay, <clears throat> and um, tell us about the distribution system. In North America, how how you guys go to market with sure. the saunas? Yeah, uh, the the different brands, um, you know, are sold in, in different uh, methods, primarily through uh, dealer networks. Um, as you know, the the sauna uh, industry as a whole is is uh, you know there, it's a pretty basic room, but it's not something that everybody knows about. So the, the dealers are going to help uh, the end user, the homeowner, uh, mm -hmm. understand that product better and help them 
you know, pick out the right product, sound of product for their need. So I'm going to, I'm going to list for you, I'm going to name a city. And I, I know that you in your day to day are, uh, that you're not involved with dealers particularly with your job. And we'll get to that in just a, just a moment. But hypothetically, if I lived in Baltimore, Maryland, and um, Googled, you know, sauna distributor or sauna sales, would I find one of your dealers within a, a, a fair radius of Baltimore, Maryland? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you can, uh, I think if you, if you're doing it, you know, the, the internet's a funny thing. The, the, if you just Google search, um, you could get, you know, quite a variety, uh, be that, you know, an online retailer selling, you know, traditional saunas or, you know, I know you don't like them, infrared saunas. Um, but all those things could you mean, pop it, up. You mean infrared closets? <laughs> but, but the hypo all right, forget all yep. that. So the hypothetical works though. There's somewhere in Baltimore area there's probably a pool and spa guy yep. who is a Tyler Hilo dealer. Right, yeah. So the best way would be to start with our websites. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so if you're on the let's take the finleo.com uh, website as an example, you would go to finleo.com and there's a dealer finder, so you just punch in your zip code as simple as that and then mm -hmm. it's going to propagate onto the map and show you exactly where the nearest dealer or dealers are mm -hmm. um, so the uh, you know the consumer can you know shop that around um, but, but the interesting thing not not to get too analytical with you in this hypothetical but if i lived in baltimore maryland and i wanted a sauna and i elected um you know a, a title stove and maybe a kit from a dealer locally if you were to follow that stove, it it would go from uh, Scandinavia, uh, probably on a ship, over to the United States, onto a container, over to Kokedo, and then distributed from there to the dealer in Baltimore. Sure. And then into my backyard. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. And that, and that's actually, if you don't mind, um, okay. So anything more about this sauna stove? car industry analogy uh, you mentioned four main brands is there anything more that uh, that comes to mind when you are asked in this taxi cab about sauna stoves yeah well uh, you know i think the big thing to, to putting brands aside um a big thing uh that i think or a very important thing when it comes to sauna stoves is that's really will make or break your sauna um, if you don't have a good sauna heater um, you don't have a good sauna as far as I'm concerned. So the, the big thing with, with any of our brands, um, you're going to find that, you know, to the, the, the true sauna, uh, fashion, uh, particularly obviously Finland being the most well-known, the focus is going to be on, uh, a, a fair amount of rock capacity in that stove because you want to be heated with the stone rather than the elements. The mm -hmm. elements, if you're just heating by the elements, you're gonna get that toaster oven feeling. Right. And if you decide, you know, to sprinkle water on just elements, it's gonna be a very abrupt and flash steam. It's not gonna be very enjoyable. Um, so again, uh, with our heaters, the, the main idea, uh, and, and I would say that in general throughout Europe, their focus is large rock capacity. Uh, in general, you know, your average size uh, sauna heater, or for 
for most home saunas is probably going to be, you know, somewhere in that four and a half to eight kilowatt range, which is going to be a wall heater in most cases, unless you go very specialty. So you're on the electric path, electric yep. stove path. Yep. Right? On on the electric, uh, that's that's the most common uh, heater um, sold, but the the majority of our wall heaters are going to hold about 50 pounds of rock. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, you, you may find, uh, you know, some American-made uh, sauna heaters that um, have, you know, only 20 pounds. It's in like a little tray on top. And, and then you may have some Chinese manufacturers that have 10 pounds. Yeah, well, I would say that... Uh, I'm throwing a joke out there. That, that, that or they... they a lot of the Chinese heaters don't come with rocks. Um, uh -huh. They're just kind of... And know, they come off the same production line as the toaster oven. Uh, perhaps. But, yeah. Now, um, would you? is it a fair thing to say that a sauna stove that runs off 110 is not a sauna stove? Uh, I would say that um, you are limited by going to 110. We do sell... A model that uh, can be powered by 110, but your room better be quite small. Um, basically, a four by four room um, is is kind of your limitation. Anything bigger, you're you're going to want to bump up to uh, 240, and and even in that four by four room, is if high heat is your main concern, it's in your best interest to to go to 240 if you have it. Um, but in a 4x4 sauna with the 120 volt uh, heater, um, you're, you're going to get uh, about 160. Um, in that small of a room, you know, when, when you splash the water on the rocks, it, it is going to be a decent sauna. It's not going to be the hottest sauna, um, I'll assure you that. But if, if that's if heat yeah. is your main concern, 240 is definitely your, yeah. your best option. So as a, as a starter sauna, <clears throat> uh, for one that may be in a flat in New York City or, or what have you and you know doesn't want to call the landlord and run a 240 line, uh, getting in a, a small uh, one, one two-person uh, with a 110 heater, hey, it's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick, huh? Right, right. Yeah, it's a starter sauna. Right. I mean, 165 is not the end of the world. Right, right. Yeah. So I, um, another question, you, you're speaking about the electric stoves, and just hypothetically, if uh, 50 stoves go out the door of Cocado, Minnesota, how many of those are electric compared to wood burning? Uh, I, don't, I don't know numbers, but I would say that uh, probably 75% uh, are electric, pro mm -hmm. possibly more. Yeah. Um, it, it really, the electric stove... Um, uh, is I, I would venture to even say that 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 might be your number um, in in a lot of Europe. Eight uh, out of ten. I, I would whether say whether you're in Germany, Finland, yeah. or yeah, I, I would. Minnesota. You know, I, I can't speak uh, hard numbers uh, for Europe, but I, I you know the majority of the saunas that I went into were electric. Um, it's always a treat to have that wood stove, but. Um, it's, it's a matter of, I, I think, a combination of a number of things, uh, likely um, convenience, and it's easier to, uh, from a safety perspective, to regulate electricity mm -hmm. as far as how hot it can get. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a wood stove, um, you know, you, you if you have the right wood, you can you can really get it hot if you want. It's just um, we got so it, I, I think we got it, it going pretty good in here right now. Yeah. Do you like the tent? Yeah, it's 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 not bad. It's a good uh, start. It's a good start, yeah. and that's what we were coming for. I didn't want to burn you out here. We want to get some sauna talk under our right, belt. Right, right. But it's, what would you say the temperature is outside? Uh, I think my car said, like, minus 2 when I left the house, so yeah. I'm going to say it's somewhere in the zero to yeah. cold. Zero area. to cold. <laughs> that's good. Let's talk about, um, I think that's a good summary on the stoves, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean just a real quick uh, recap. Um you know, on the, the rock capacity, I think, is, is a huge part of uh, a quality stove. Um, so, as I had mentioned, your typical wall heater, right around that 50-pound mark. And, and then we do have specialty heaters, or if you get into, you know, a floor-standing 10-kilowatt or larger, which you commonly find in a commercial application, but, you know, if you do a large enough sound in your home, you can go that direction. Um, you know, you're talking uh, upward of 100 pounds, and, and some of our specialty heaters are going to be double that at 200 pounds, which um, you're really going to get a, a, a great steam and, and wonderful soothing heat off of those rocks. Right. Um, we could kind of go down a rabbit hole about uh, whether you yourself can, can tell. Like if you were blindfolded and brought into a sauna, right? And, uh, and you sat down on the bench. Could you tell the difference between a sauna that's fired by a wood-burning stove compared to an electric sauna stove? Uh, I think so. Um, I mean, uh, how, how blind is it? I mean, are we going to be hearing the, the crackling? Well, there or, well, see, I mean, there's so many different elements. Yeah. To, but to just the feel. I guess where right. I was going with the yeah. hypothetical. Can you feel the difference? You know, I, I think if you sound long enough, I, I think you can. I, I guess I've never been asked that question. I'd be actually curious to uh, see that study done. And, in, in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't necessarily know what it what it's going to prove, per se. Um, well, I would like to submit to the R&D department of Tyler Hero that we could <laughs> set up a hypothetical right. and bring in folks. Right. We could build an identical sauna. Yeah. And we could have a sauna meister on site. Right. Prepping both, and we would take um, uh, willing, um, you know, participants to this study. Uh, and, and I think, I think obviously, a, you could uh, argue uh, studies until you're blue in the face and, and say, you know, well, it has to be controlled, this and that. Um, I think the, the next part of to uh, answer to your question is, well, what kind of electric stove are you talking about? There you go. You know, there you go. And just run you know, the mill hey, or maybe we're onto something here. We could have a sauna stove, um, you know, uh, competition like that, and and do uh, and do some, you know, a sauna. What would you say? What would you call this? A sauna, sauna bake off or something? Sure. And uh, uh, anyway, to the future. Let's talk about a day in the life for Scott. <clears throat> um, your title is. Uh, commercial sales manager for Tylo Hilo for Tylo Hilo and that means that if I am a spa dealer in Durango Colorado or a spa owner or a health club guy in Vancouver Washington or Vancouver Canada 
all of these public facilities will come to you uh, when they call Finley or Tyrohilo. Sure, yes. Um, it, it, it really, um, you know, I, I, there's such a wide variety um, when, when uh, using that term uh, commercial, but yeah, for the most part, you're generally talking, you know, health and wellness centers, um, you know, your, be that your cookie cutter um, gym uh, or, mm -hmm. you know, something more elaborate like a day spa that, you know, mm -hmm. offers many different amenities uh, to, you know, could be military base or, mm -hmm. or beyond that. Uh, sport sports center? Yep. Uh, professional rink? sports teams. Um, mm -hmm. uh, hotels? Yeah, hotels. Um, all, all sorts of um, avenues. Uh, mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, not to get too analytical about that, but if you were to take all of these different... Uh, oh, oh, and another large slice of the pie are contractors themselves. Building contractors, is that right? Yeah, I w well, I would say that a lot of uh, the, the, the process, there's kind of a process to it. Um, so there's, you know, as you can imagine, just envision, um, you know, your, your large-scale fitness center going up, you know, just down the road here in Minneapolis. Um, you know, there's going to be a process to that, starting with the design, the architect. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times I... I, I you know, might be working with the architect from the beginning. Um, they they would contact us, uh, say that they want a sauna incorporated into their plan. Um, you know, usually want to try to start with, okay, what kind of space do you have allotted for it, and and give some some tips or suggestions uh, from the beginning, and um, kind of help mold and shape it from there, uh, and hope that uh, they they follow all the directions um, yeah. or suggestions mm -hmm. um, and then you know from that phase you know as with any other building project then it you know oftentimes goes out to bid and, and mm -hmm. uh, the contractors are um, you know fighting for that work right um, so then they get involved and you're working with them uh, so it's 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 quite a process and um, you know guiding and, and trying to consult to make um, you know, hopefully in the end it turns to be, you know, a good sauna. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot gets lost in translation um, from one uh, group to the next. Um, so and, a lot, and I would guess a lot could get lost in the uh, cost cutting too, huh? Uh, yeah, it could be that or it could be as simple as, um, I mean, I, I think sometimes I have to step back and remind myself that for as passionate as I am about a sauna and how, how well I understand what makes a good sauna. Um, uh, a lot of the people involved in, in that project don't really care other than that it looks like a sauna. And they can put, they can tick the box. Right, right. So, uh, it, oftentimes it's, it's, a you know, can get frustrating um, explaining this is how it should be and then it goes to uh, bid and it's completely the opposite of what what you uh, explained and, and consulted on 
Okay, so here's a <clears throat> here may be a tough question, but what are the top two or three areas where you see compromise, where you may suggest X, and invariably what ends up happening is Y, and that difference between X and Y separates what you had planned as a good Selma to what ends up being a compromise Selma. What, what would be the top couple of things that are uh, I, would, I would say uh, number one uh, by far is ceiling height. Okay, and tell our listeners the optimal ceiling height. Uh, well, your optimum ceiling height is um, going to be seven feet. Um, your highest that you're allowed per uh, the different safety guidelines that uh, the majority of uh, the reputable sauna heaters are manufactured by are uh, eight feet, but that being said, uh, seven is going to be your ideal. Um, okay. And that's, that's ceiling, ceiling height. I'm with you. I, that's I what love I, it. I right. understand <laughs> very too, very well. So tell me another one. Uh, you know, I, I the ceiling height's the biggest. Uh, beyond that, uh, you, you, it can get. Um, you have to be a little careful how you go about it because the other one that. Uh, becomes a, a challenge and can really uh, impact a, a sauna, particularly a commercial sauna, is going to be uh, ADA compliancy. Okay. So um, that is, you know, it really depends on local code, um, but I think in, in this day and age, in this country, um, everybody's uh, a little bit uh, leery of, you know, if we don't do this, we could get in trouble. So I think a lot of um, projects err on the side of, you know, we're not sure if this is required, so we're going to provide it. And, and ADA stands for? Uh, American Disabilities Act, I believe. Um, so basically, handicap uh, accessibility, um, you know, it... it in simple, uh, there, it, it can be more uh, complex, but um, generally speaking, uh, usually you need a five foot turning radius. I guess uh, a good example would be if you go to, you know, your average store, you know, Walmart, Target, and go to the bathroom, there's always a ADA compliant, at least one ADA compliant uh, mm -hmm. toilet. Mm -hmm. um, and that requires- wheelchair access. Uh, well, it, it, the ADA, I believe, um, wheelchair is part of that, but yeah. it can be other disabilities as well that okay. you're accommodating for. So you have, uh, you know, potentially have to provide a five-foot turning radius, um, uh, other uh, requirements in terms of bench heights and lengths of bench at that height, mm -hmm. um, so a lower bench to accommodate that um, the, the handicapped individual, um, and and uh, things as simple as uh, uh, doorway heights. Um, I was even thinking width. Yeah, the I, width I like, as well. Yes. Yeah, I like to build sauna doors uh, with a 26-inch rough opening and a finish of about 24 for a sauna door. Some may think that's a little too narrow. I happen to like that. Less swing means less air infiltration in and out, and uh, I don't consider a 24-inch door uh, too tight. That's just my take. 
Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you, and in uh, uh, especially a home setting, uh, you know, your twenty four by eighty, I think, is ideal. And, yeah. Um, but yes, again, uh, commercial. That's Commercial's that's another uh, is, scenario. Is, there, is so. there a third that comes to mind? Ceiling height, ADA. Is there a third thing that uh, you see uh, done quite a bit in commercial songs that? Makes you cringe a little bit, or tingle, or wish they didn't do, or wish, wish yeah, they would have to. Yeah, I happen. would say, um, you know, it, it kind of falls into that the the second item of, of having to uh, potentially meet ADA. Uh, so in doing that, requiring this five foot turning radius and and different benching, I think a, a lot of times the bench layout gets. Um, from a from a true sauna enthusiast perspective, gets ruined in many ways. Mm. There's uh, more lower benching than upper benching, and sometimes, mm. um, you know, in, in uh, let's just use like a condo setting. You know, say a, a condo that wants to have uh, a floor dedicated with amenities such as you know a fitness center, a sauna, a steam room, maybe a little pool, um, but they don't um, plan for proper space, uh, and, and particularly if they, they require an ADA-compliant sauna. So, say as an example, a lot of times a, a condo only allots, say, 7x7 seven seven for a, a sauna space, and you need to provide a 5-foot turning radius. Yeah. Well, where are you going to do tiered benching? Right so, on. all of a sudden, you mm -hmm. have a 7x7 seven seven sauna with lower benching, because you need to provide a turning radius. I mean, there are different things you can do, but uh, you are somewhat limited, so uh, it, it gets uh, it gets tricky. Um, totally. And, and as much as I uh, understand and enjoy saunas um, done the right way, and I, I think that's maybe one of the, the harder parts of my job is um, seeing that happen, even though I've, um, you know, I've, I've, I've walked away from, from sales, um, because it wasn't done correctly. Um, and that's, it, it's frustrating. Um, but, uh, I, I can't really blame anyone. Uh, I, I, I do what I can and I, I can't blame the, the end user or, or the people involved in that process mm -hmm. um, because you know they just don't know they don't uh, they've never experienced a proper sauna um, and, and they just for as much as they want to battle it out you know I think a lot of it uh, comes down to beyond the, the potential hiccups with ADA um, a lot of on the design part of it Saunas can be lost um, because they want it to look like every other room. Mm. Well, well, no, Scott, I want a nine-foot ceiling because all the other ceilings in my building are nine feet. Well, I, you know, I was in a sauna in Las Vegas. No, where was I? Where was I? No, I was actually in Vail, Colorado for a, a customer Audi. Very nice property. Name will go, uh, the name of which I will leave out. 
but it was a nine foot hot room ceiling. Sure. So I brought in a, 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 a chair from the outside right. and set it on the upper bench and sat on top of it. And I felt like the king for the day, but I got the kind of heat that was intended right. uh, in this space. So hey, a quick, a quick one on that note. So is there, or tell us um, a, a public sauna, or maybe not even a public sauna, a sauna that you've had your hand on over the last, maybe if you can think in recent memory, the last couple of years that did it right. And you can, you know, being that this is a positive question, if you're comfortable enough to name that place, that's great. If not, we could keep that kind of off. But um, tell us how that worked out and why it's a kick-ass great sauna that you're proud of with your hand being on the design and, and assistance. That sure, sure. Um, you know, I... I, I, I I think I deal with so many saunas, it's hard to uh, pick one out, um, and I think perhaps more recent ones maybe stick out instead of, you know, right. the, the one, like, as you said, the, the kick-ass sauna. Um, you know, I, I think being a, a, a traditionalist um, and, and really, truly enjoying, um, you know, a wood-burning sauna, I, I, I can't even remember uh, the name, but it was a, uh, I want to say it's a, an organization that, um, in Maine, that has uh, a number of cottages that are remote. The only way to get to them is uh, either hiking or, in the winter, Nordic skiing. Mm. Um, and, and for whatever reason, I can't think of uh, what the name is, but um, those uh, that those particular saunas that are remote and use the wood burning stove, those you know, really uh, you know, those are saunas that I would really enjoy uh, going to. I mean, yeah. remote. I'm into that sort of thing, not just wood burning saunas, but somewhere remote. Um, more on the commercial side uh, or kind of mainstream. Um, I, I, I would have to, uh, probably pick, uh, there's a spa in, uh, Newport, Rhode Island called the, the Bodhi Spa, I believe, uh, B-O-D-H-I, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but they offer, uh, a number of, uh, pools, um, so you have your, they have a cold plunge. Uh, they have kind of a, a medium temperature and uh, hot temperature pools. And in addition to those pools, uh, they offer traditional sauna, a steam bath, um, I believe infused by uh, you know, some sort of aromatherapy. And then uh, I know Glenn's favorite, the far infrared sauna. Um, but and, and that, how, how long has this facility been running? You know? I believe it's been... Uh, I want to say maybe a little over a year. Okay. Do they? Is it day only, or is there lodging at this place? It's uh, just day only, um, mm -hmm. from what I understand. Um, you know, I think to really uh, top things off or, or go above and beyond what they've already done is, uh, according to their website, they have um, what they describe as a Zen garden. It sounds, uh, you know, like a very peaceful place. Um, a lot of grass behind their uh, building that appears to be in a um, kind of a downtown area, but mm. a, a quaint downtown area. 
Um, but I think if they would add a uh, outdoor wood burning sauna, that would be an ideal scenario. Well, that sounds um, wonderful. It sounds like a beautiful spot. <clears throat> and I'll try to put uh, a link to uh, this place in Maine uh, in the show notes for this uh, podcast. Uh, any other spots come to mind? Um, you know, or hockey rinks off the uh, conversation table? I mean, it's it's exciting to me that most any is this true that most NHL hockey rinks will have a sauna or or not necessarily? Uh, I would say that there's there's a good chance. Um, that's not always the case. Uh, I, I I did spend about five years uh, in California, uh, Southern California, and I was surprised that. Uh, uh, there was not a sauna in the the ducks, the Anaheim Ducks locker room, at least even that I was with, aware uh, of. Even with Timu Solani. Yeah, I, I would have figured, but I, I think he uh, he just goes, you know, to his house and there enjoys, you, you know, how he wants to. Um, nice. But yeah. but uh, I, I think it's it's definitely a growing trend. I mean, the um, not beyond hockey, and I think hockey's a you would think, you know, it's a no-brainer. Why wouldn't there be? Because there are, uh, you know, so many Finnish uh, or, let's, you know, Scandinavian descent hockey players playing professionally in America that it would seem the best interest of those uh, teams to entice those particular players. Um, but also colleges, Division mm-hmm. One colleges. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gophers have, uh, you know, a sauna, St. Cloud State. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So colleges, and then also on, on other pro sports avenues, um, you know, the NFL has a number of saunas in, in their uh, mm-hmm. training facilities. Um, and, and you've had your hand in some of these uh, sports stadium saunas. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is there a common uh, element that you push for with a, uh, a sports stadium, like a, a locker room type sauna I mean obviously you, you like what's the uh, what's the number of bodies that you design uh, for you know at any given time in the hot room for a locker room sauna um, well I would say that you know if you are talking like say a hockey team you know you're probably um, dealing with potentially I don't know would you say once the season gets underway 30 guys you know with the, the overhead for injury um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that 30 guys are going to go on the sauna at the same time. You probably want to accommodate for, you know, somewhere in that 10, mm-hmm. 10 range. Um, and as, as I think you uh, you enjoy and most avid sauna users enjoy going in rounds. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, hey, there's 30 of us. We're all going to sit here and powwow all at the same time. There's going to be a social aspect to it. And certain guys will probably want to take a sauna with certain guys, whether they're line mates or just, you know, maybe the Finnish guys want to take a sauna together because they know how to use it or, you know, they enjoy it the same way. Yeah, and they can speak the same language. Right, right. So so they, so you group out. The, the point I think that you're making is it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, a sauna is a wonderful thing where the hot room is not too big. So uh, I think the best saunas, arguably, are when there are more folks taking a sauna together then there are maybe seats sure because it uh, in, implicit to that is, uh, is is the guaranteed cool down right and I think any as you reference anybody that is a avid sauna enthusiast is going to know that a sauna isn't just the time spent in the hot room right uh, arguably and equally uh, it's it's as significant to cool down and have a space to do that 
Exactly. Yep. So yeah, in, a, in addition, uh, the mo majority, I would say, on the professional level, um, if, if privy to you know, more information beyond the, the, the scope of just the sauna room itself, you may find, uh, you know, you, you'll often see showers nearby. Sometimes you're going to see the, the plunge uh, be that um, cold and hot. Um, uh, I guess a, a, a local example would be the uh, the Timberwolves new training facility. Okay. They have um, you know some uh, two saunas and three steam rooms, nice. and uh, I should say not just the Timberwolves but also the Lynx. So in each of their training facilities, they uh, they offer uh, uh, cold plunge uh, so that you know the the players can enjoy that experience in between rounds. Uh, be that with the sauna or the steam. Yeah. Now, athletes are finely tuned. I mean, it, the, the, the margin from a conditioning standpoint to from excellent to, like, perfection is so thin. I mean, every professional athlete uh, is, is very well tuned. So the fact that a, um, you know, a locker room uh, facility is going to have a hot room sauna and cold plunges you know, to me, just another example of, 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 an, of another therapy technique to help conditioning, healing, uh, you know, all of, the, all of those critical things that separate excellence from super excellence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think nowadays more than ever, the, um, you know, whether you're talking uh, the high, the absolute highest of any given sport, so your absolute professional down to the aspiring professional, be that a you know peewee hockey player, or a, you know high school hockey player, um, that line of perfection is is so much finer nowadays. Yeah. Um, and and you know some may argue that a sauna could give you that edge. Um, obviously, it's many things beyond the sauna, uh, your your training regimen and how you're eating. Um, mm -hmm. But in the end, a sauna is. Uh, a good thing. Right. Could not agree more. So uh, on that note, I'm gonna I got this bucket and everything is iced up really well, which is a good thing. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna dump this outside and fill this up with water. So if you want to do a, a plunge of cool, cold water, sure. You're more than welcome. There are these little buckets right here. And uh, we'll we'll get right back. Maybe we'll have a little chat in the changing room. This show is brought to you by Sun Country Airlines. Sun Country is staffed by cheerful humans. And wherever Sun Country flies, they are competitive and keep the airfare honest. So whether I'm checking out Temescal in Tulum or the Archimedes Banya in San Francisco, Sun Country Airlines is the first and last place I go for decent air travel. You work with sauna every day. You know, do you ever get tired thinking or talking about sauna? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, not really. Uh, I, I think sometimes I, I uh, um, grow tired of uh, seeing uh, underperforming saunas right. or poorly designed that, you know, I, I helped uh, put together a good plan 
um, and designed for it, uh, and then it it goes uh, the wrong direction. That's I think maybe maybe more frustrating uh, than anything. Not necessarily uh, tired of it, but um, you know, Scott, you're a politically correct kind of guy. I could see you never flying off the handle and and chewing out some uh, some contractor or health club owner for, for not listening to you, but. Maybe you do that in your sleep, huh? <laughs> uh, perhaps, or uh, just uh, take a sauna and forget about it. Yeah. Hey, you can lead the horse to water. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, if a, if a client called you saying, uh, oh, I live, live by a Colorado stream, or I'm building a sauna for this wealthy individual, and they have this great land by a Colorado stream, or you know, on a, on a northern lake, say, <clears throat> and the contractor says, uh, you know, I want a, uh, I want the best sauna. I want you to design it, um, and I'm going to do it. Money's no object. Paint a little picture for us listeners here about what that sauna would look like and uh, how you would outfit it and what sort of details, Scott's special details, you would incorporate. Um, well, I think... Uh you know, I, I, I like to keep things uh, pretty, pretty. You know, we. It's not necessarily uh, necessary to go overboard, um, right. but uh, if if, if uh, you're in a place, uh, you said, in the mountains on a on a river. Yeah, sure. Like a mountain stream, or a, I mean, sure. I think uh, you know the hypothetical. It's, I threw the hypothetical out because you, you'd have to say that a sauna by water is. It is a critical, not not a critical thing, but it's helps accentuate the optimal. Yeah, it's there's, I would say nothing better, and and you you know yourself, and 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 fly that flag uh, day in day out. Um, you know the the cabin up north cabin sauna on the lake. Um, I think there's nothing better uh, than a sauna near water. Um, Particularly, a, a, a lake is most ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in terms of the design, um, you know, I, I would uh, point them to uh, expanding beyond the sauna. So there's the sauna. Um, I, I would tend to lean towards uh, a structure that has uh, minimum two rooms. Uh, preferably three, um, depending on how you want to do it. But I think three rooms would be ideal. You have your sauna or hot room. Um, you have another room that is dedicated for the bathing portion. Uh, so if you have a shower, or um, you know, if if you go to uh, most cabin saunas in Finland, um, they're going to have a separate washroom. Um, unless usually it's a, tiled, <clears throat> tiled floor. Uh, tiled? not necessarily, but okay. um, that that would be easier to maintain. Um, and then the third room would be your changing room, or just kind of a in between the outdoor elements um, and a place for people to just relax and hang out. Right on, right on. <clears throat> what size hot room would you design? Uh. I would say, you know, right, right in your alley in that six by eight um, to eight by eight range. 
uh, if we're talking wood, uh, I mean, that's the direction I would push. Yep. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, if, if you do go bigger, uh, in that eight by eight range, I would maybe even consider doing, uh, triple tier benching. Oh, um, nice. Now, how, there's no way to do triple tier benching with a seven foot ceiling, is there? No. Well, right. I, I suppose you could, but it probably wouldn't be very, uh, functional. Right. Um, but in that case, if, if, if you have space and in unique circumstances and you have a wood stove, a higher ceiling can be done and done correctly, but you have to bring your benches up. Mm -hmm. um, and in bringing those benches up, that's why you would add that third tier so you can get up yep. to the higher bench yeah. without, you know. Yes. I know a lot of commercial Russian bonyas, uh, <clears throat> they, they're big on like, I mean, you, you're looking at like a cube. The thing is, the, the Russian, I've been in a couple of them, and they're taller than they are, you know, wide. And you're dealing with multiple benches. I mean, the one I was in, the one that comes to mind is Archimedes Banya in San Francisco. You walk in, and it's almost like, it's almost like a compressed movie theater, where if you're up top, you look literally down at the door and says someone's coming in and you're walking up multiple layers which is in essence a wonderful uh, commercial setup because you're appealing to multiple temperatures people that right. enjoy multiple different temperature zones and obviously well maybe not obviously but the top <clears throat> the top level is like a platform with benches kind of around in a u-shaped type deal and that's generally where most people hang out but they're not laying up short if you're in a, in a lower bench that's you know climbing right right yeah have you been in a, a banya like that uh not a banya um in finland there's such a variety of saunas um and i'm trying to remember what in the uh, city that i was in the swim hall they had uh, a similar setup. They had a huge wood-burning stove, and I forget the terminology they use for it, but it's something that you wouldn't see typically. But it was as tall, if not taller than me, um, massive amount of rock, yeah. heated all day long before you would use it, yeah. and... Had heated, to by, be heated by wood or gas? Wood. Okay. And it had to be, I want to say, five to six tiers. Mm. Um, and when you ladled water on those rocks, it was it was intense. It was quite a buildup. And uh, right outside that sauna, they had uh, a nice cold plunge. <clears throat> totally. Okay, so back to the hypothetical. Are you, I see you're shivering a little bit. Yes, you want to go back in, yes. don't you? Okay, I'm going to bring in the microphone. We're going to ask a few more questions, and, okay. and uh, yeah, we're, we're in good shape. Um, okay, so you lead the pack. I'll, uh, I'll follow in. And uh, uh, I guess the next question I have is, is along the lines of this optimal sauna that we're, we're speaking about. And, and this is a leading question. Um, and I actually, you know, have a pretty good idea of the answer, but, uh, okay, so, you know, the hypothetical is this kick-ass ultimate sauna. Um, 
we're talking, you know, uh, a separate structure. Okay, and you're, you know, I'm thinking you're talking about a 12 by 16 at minimum size building. It's its own building, right? Mm -hmm. And you're talking about a 6 by 8, 7 by 8, whatever. You know, something in there, like a 50 square foot, probably, hot room. Mm -hmm. And then you have a shower, like you described, just call that second room. And then the uh, changing room or hangout room. You're going to have a really nice deck and you're going to have access to nature and the lake. And um, if you were to put a dollar sign against this, like, like how much would this cost? Because I, I uh, it's a leading question. I mean, I've, I've built something like this. Uh, for a friend of mine um, so it's not like something that I'm completely in the dark of and I have a number in my head Scott but I'm curious if you got this this call tomorrow from a client contractor what have you and then he says how much should I how much would this cost what would you guess if you're starting from nothing from absolutely ground. nothing yeah I would say um, you know, in that 20 to 30 range. Bingo. That's exactly yeah. my number. Yeah. I mean, depending, um, you know, what you want, how, yep. you know, do you want to cut a corner here or add and, this and here? And yeah, I mean, not, you could go even, beyond that, but. Yeah. I mean, 20 grand would get you there. Right. 30 grand would get you there with a, with a lot of bells and whistles. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think if you had, um, you know, on the, on the low side of that, if somebody already had an existing structure, right. not necessarily a sauna, uh, but a, an existing structure on um, their property, hopefully near the water, um, so you don't have to break any building codes. Right. Uh, you know, you, you could do it for less than that. Yeah, quite, quite a bit less. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, I guess the reason why I was going down that, that line of thinking is, you know, hey, life is short. We all understand, or many more people are understanding, the uh, the wonderful benefits to sauna. I mean, not just the obvious, but the decompression, the getting away from the busy life. Uh, those, those I call them maybe second-tier benefits, beyond the uh, obvious physical benefits and health, of health and wellness and that. Uh, and, and the third element is it's a lot of fun. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a great social thing. It adds so much value to your property. Uh, I call sauna a wonderful insurance policy for bad weather. The worse the weather, the better the sauna. Exactly. Um, it's a community building thing. So, so you come up with a, a long list of benefits of having, a, I call it a kick-ass sauna, mm -hmm. where you have this structure, this separate structure of multiple zones, great function. Well, I mean, it's the price of a car. I mean, what's the big deal? And I, I, I would, I would argue uh, to to many um, that if if you do uh, a lakeside sauna, or be that a streamside sauna, or you know, there's I think plenty of people in, in uh, Minnesota that maybe don't have uh, the luxury of of a lake place. But there's a lot of guys that have hunting property mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. maybe is not near a lake or a stream. Mm -hmm. um, you could do a, a wonderful structure that is multi-purpose. It is not only a sauna. A sauna is part of it, as well as a washing area. Uh, but that room that 
that I had mentioned was your changing room or hangout space, you could expand that, make that larger, and add a couple bunks. Uh, and and you have an all all in one building that you know as uh, you know a lot of the 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 Finnish people when they came to America that that was uh, their first structure was the sauna right and they used it for multiple things beyond the bathing um, but I think that would be a great starting point for any lake property uh or hunting mm -hmm. camp prop property or um you know if, if it if it was uh you just wanted something to get you started that would be in my opinion the direction i would go no doubt <clears throat> that is the direction we went we bought land on an island uh pine island northern minnesota lake vermilion and the first thing we did is build a 12 by 16 sauna slash guest cabin and we lived in that cabin and above the hot room is a is a, a little uh, is a loft a purely a, a totally functional sleeping space and we built that in 1996 <clears throat> that was actually the winter of the, uh, 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 the continental u.s record cold february 4th 1996 minus 60 degrees and it, Two, three months later, we were out there with uh, four sticks and uh, carpenter string marking off the build of our sauna. And I said to myself, this structure is, is critical because uh, if, if we go up there in winter and we, we're skiing across the lake to get to our cabin and we hit slush or it's windy and it's cold and we get to the island and the power's out or whatever, we are in critical mode. So the idea that uh, uh, we could get that sauna going and, and warm up and uh, if it's 60 below that night, we could be sleeping above the hot room. And uh, we've done this. Uh, I've been toasty warm and couldn't be more pleased with the, uh, what we call the sauna guest cap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good gig. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very functional gig, very critical to the survival to have a, a sauna that works. And a good friend of mine who lives on the lake, who's born on the lake, spent all his time on the lake, and uh, he says that uh, you never lock your sauna at your, at your cabin. You always leave that open, and you always have a good amount of dry wood, uh, some birch bark, some matches, uh, because it's good karma. I mean, you know, people are out there running into trouble on their snowmobiles or lost or whatever, it's just kind of a wonderful thing to know and see, you know, saunas dotted on a shoreline and know that those are safe havens for survival. Right. No, I, I think that's uh, that's the way to do it. I'm curious if life is like that on Finland lakes, too, if, if uh, people uh, do the same thing with sauna and survival. And um, yeah, I, I guess I, I couldn't answer the question on uh, if people lock them or not um, but but knowing Finns and they're, they're all pretty trustworthy bunch uh, I would imagine that um, you know they're they're there if, if needed and yeah. uh, the locking part uh, I don't think would be a, a big part of right or a concern um, so think about it like that too let's say um, and, and this is a tip for all you listeners that do have sauna cabins or, or rural cabins is get a couple of those um, airplane 
sized uh, vodka bottles and leave them in the, in the sauna as well next to the matches and say, enjoy, <laughs> compliments of the, the sauna owner. And I think the odds that someone will break in your cabin will go down um, mightily if you offer that to them. Sure, sure. They might come back, though, every year. <laughs> <laughs> Just see if it's replenished. Right. <laughs> That's good. I got a couple rapid-fire questions that, that come to mind. Um, just for for what it's worth, um, and I don't have my notes in front of me, so I'm just going to shoot from the hip there and say, um, let's just say you owned a mobile sauna and you could bring it uh, anywhere in the world, anywhere, uh, and and take a sauna. Where where would you bring it, and 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 why? Uh, I, I I think just um, because I lived there and and I did not um, get to. Uh, have my friends experience uh, a sauna to the nth degree uh, would be uh, bring one uh, down to Southern California on the beach um, just uh, part of me just for the the people would be like what are you doing factor <laughs> um, I'm sure we'd be shut down in a hurry if there's smoke piping out of it but uh, it'd be fun to try um, and get the uh, the sauna swim uh, right on the, the the shore of the ocean, um, and and let my uh, my good friends in California experience that. I I did have a, a small. It was a four by four sauna um, in my garage when I lived there, um, and uh, it it just wasn't the uh, the full. I mean, we'd run and sprint to the the pool in the community the neighbors thought were kind of weird like why are they running back and forth but uh, I think something there's something to be said about uh, bringing a mobile sauna to an area where it's least expected you know I, I think the other part of me or the easy uh, place would be you know anywhere in northern Minnesota on a lake but everybody up there has seen one so it really wouldn't be a wow factor nice and the nice thing about Southern California is uh, it's a good water temp. The Pacific is cool. Yes, yes. It would be a nice uh, yeah. cold plunge. Yeah, space. yeah. I mean, the salt is something to get used to, but um, yeah, uh, I think it'd be a unique experience. Um, how about yourself, Glenn? Boy, no I mean, you've you've brought mobile saunas to quite a few places already, yeah, but I, I I have, and and you touched upon something that 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 is. Um, noteworthy and significant is <clears throat> if one were to have a mobile sauna I think part of the excitement would be to bring it somewhere unexpected and uh, just a quick sideline on that I mean that I think that's one of the wonderful elements that we're seeing you know right in our backyard here in Minneapolis with the 612 Sauna Society and you know the work of John Pedersen and, and uh, you know what he's done about mobilizing a community that is interested in sauna uh, number one is, is, is remarkable but the, he's, he does the dirty work, you know, uh, uh, Molly and Andrea's Little Box Sauna um, is, a, is, is a wonderful thing. It's completely mobile, and, um, you know, JP does the dirty work. He's, he's done a wonderful job of uh, Saunameister work, um, <clears throat> and I used to do that. I mean, I'd bring sauna, my sauna around to Polar Plunges and Cross Country Ski Festivals and 
all kinds of crazy places. And um, I love what you just referenced is the unexpected. Mm -hmm. And you get that with a mobile sauna. And JP is, is living this uh, daily, probably as we speak right now. I think the sauna, the little box sauna is deployed at Nicollet and 38th in South Minneapolis. Quite an urban location. And uh, hats off to uh, the 612 Sauna Society. I mean, they're offering uh, free saunas to people that live within a mile of there. And... Um, you know, hey, it's it's minus two degrees right now in Minneapolis, and uh, it's kind of a warm feeling to know right at this minute there's probably eight people in a hot room, and maybe only like three or four know each other. Yeah, I I I, I have not uh, met uh, JP in person. Um, the uh, but what the six one two Sauna Society has um, built. Uh, in terms of a following and, and uh, just what they have done for sauna uh, is, is quite remarkable. Um, I think going back to uh, kind of the beginning of our conversation where I had said I, I grew up with sauna. So, it's, uh, you know, uh, going and hanging out with, you know, somewhat of strangers uh, in Cocado in for sauna is... Um, kind of a, a normal thing for me, um, but I forget that not everybody gets that experience, and, and JP and, and his crew has uh, brought that to life um, outside of, I would say, the Finnish-American community. I think the, fin, uh, the Finnish-Americans really uh, enjoy their sauna, but they maybe don't uh, share it uh, as much, and, and JP, I think, is is doing a great job uh, making that happen. Amen, amen. So to answer your question, you know, <clears throat> I, uh, I've been scheming on Mobile Sauna 2.0 for, for a bunch of years, and the more I scheme on it, and the, the, every year that goes by is, is where I get further from actually doing it. But I, I do have a vision for a kick-ass Mobile Sauna, and uh, I'll explain it in very brief term, is it, is it should be built on, the cha on a fish house chassis one that allows for the wheel to tuck up and under. So to me, a critical thing is being able to walk out of the, cha out of the hot room into a changing room to the outside with one step. So there isn't this vertical hardship, so to speak, sure. uh, where you know you're on a trailer. I, I love the idea that a sauna can be on grade because I believe in the zones. I believe in the hot room, the changing room, and, and relishing the outdoor. And the cool thing about a sauna that is mobile of that nature is you could tuck that right up uh, to wherever you want to be, mm -hmm. included in that. So to answer your question, I imagine a sauna like this, or maybe a collection of a couple mobile saunas, all that are sistered up to a big tent, like a 20 by 30 foot tent, on Lake Calhoun, with a rectangular cold plunge in the lake. And half of the cold plunge is in the tent, the other half to the outside. So you come out of the hot room, and you are in the changing room and the door is open and you step into a tent, with a big tent with an ice bar and nice mugs and a great sound system and you cold plunge going underneath and up and then you're outside in nature with an outdoor fire pit maybe. So that's my dream yeah. of, of a mobile sound. I, I like the, uh, the chassis concept. I, I think that uh, that's important, and, and then I, I would envision, I'm not a ice fisherman myself, but I would envision that the majority of the uh, trailer 
or ice houses that are on wheels are some somewhat built uh, for lightness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they they don't they're not making them overly heavy. Yes. And and I think that that's uh, likely a, a an important part of of a mobile sauna, a true mobile sauna, to you know be able to pick it up and go and bingo. Um, in in conjunction with that, uh, they have insulation figured out well. They meaning the ice house builders, mm -hmm. and I, I'm collaborating actually with. A guy who, who's a DIY enthusiast. I mean, he's a DIY ice house builder out in Savage, Minnesota. Custom Cottages by name, Eric Bongart. I've been to his place a couple few times. He's totally on the, on the page. So, you know, hey, it's like anything, money, you know. Um, uh, but I, I think I'll get there one day with this mobile sauna concept. Kickstarter. And maybe. Maybe it's a Kickstarter, yeah. I mean, I've done that, and uh, I, I know how to build a Kickstarter. So uh, I appreciate that. And I'm, I, the thing that also is so wonderful about JP and what he's done is about inclusion. <clears throat> and that's what I didn't have when I was running around 10 or so years ago with my mobile sauna. I was a one-man band. And I really value collaboration. And uh, so on that note, I, I would like to welcome you to this mobile sauna concept. And maybe between JP, yourself, me, we could get a team of collaborators for something like this. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. So okay. So we got that question going, right? Yeah. That was a good one. That yeah. was good. Okay, I got another rapid fire, and um, that would be if you could take a sauna with anybody, anybody in the world, dead or alive, past or present. Uh, who would you choose, and and why? Huh. That's a that's a good question, there, Glenn. We could want to um, come back to that one. Uh. No, I think I know. It's uh, it'd be a personal, for personal reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be my grandfather. Mm. Um, he uh, passed unexpectedly, or uh, and I, I think it'd be, uh, you know, obviously it, it could never happen. But uh, I think a, a, a great uh, experience to just uh, I don't know a send off in, in some shape or form. Beautiful. Yeah. When you think about the sauna experience, you know, a session, a sauna, <clears throat> a sauna session, say, um, you know, we can talk about multiple rounds. I think you and I have shared, you know, the value of taking maybe what? Do you, do you like three sauna rounds? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think three is pretty much the standard for me. Uh, I think a lot of people, um, I think in my younger years, I... It probably went a lot more, um, and you know I think it depends on the situation. You know if you're uh, up on Lake Superior, um, sometimes the Lake Superior is never warm enough, so sometimes you're taking a sauna all day long to go back and forth yeah. to enjoy the lake, even in the summertime if it doesn't warm up enough. So, so, so as you think about an entire sauna session, like is there a moment? within a session that speaks to you most like that you uh you know even the even the looking forward to sauna like you know you're you're uh, i'm gonna go over sauna with my friends and uh or i'm gonna fire up my sauna and the anticipation to the you know entering the hot room for the first round the cool downs you know throughout the whole process of a sauna session is there a favorite moment for you and if so you know what would come to mind is a is a, is a great moment 
Yeah, I, I think an, another good question. I think that uh, no no right or wrong answer with 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 it either. Um, you know, the easy out in me says you know the entire process. Um, but for some reason, I'd say it would be a battle between uh, the beginning and the end. <laughs> I like that. I, I think, as, uh, particularly, and I've never, unfortunately, uh, owned my own wood-burning sauna up to this point. I've used, had the luxury of using many uh, relatives, uncles, um, and whatnot, friends. Um, but I think there's a lot to be said in that preparation phase, particularly when you have a wood-burning sauna heater, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially if you're totally in, like you're, you split that wood and, and you did this to that wood, so there's a, there's a process even leading up to that lighting um, and that waiting, that anticipation, I think, uh, is, is an important part. Uh, it, it's easily... Uh, overcast nowadays in our busy society like you know a lot of these questions I get from uh, customers as well how quickly does it warm up well it's not about that I mean yeah, yeah we can get you a heater that's ready to go right away but well done I like that so I would say that and, and then the end just uh, kind of uh, take it all in that that's a great answer that's a great answer, and you know, uh, like you know, philosophically speaking, there's that wonderful expression, you know, it's the journey, not the destination. And uh, I find when I'm up north, taking the sauna, um, it, it is, it's a magical time to say, okay, I mean, the sauna doesn't begin when I step in the hot room, the sauna begins when, you know, I may be tinkering around and splitting a few sticks of firewood, and yeah, I, th I think the... Uh the, the tinkering is a good word. I mean, when I think back to, uh, you know, really any of the uh, uh, wood-burning sauna experiences, um, a lot of tinkering, yeah. you know, tweaking this and that, um, whether it's, you know, getting to, getting to know the stove better, you know, how, how does this one work, what, what, what do I want to do here, how do I want to stack, you know, put the wood in, or... You know what wood should I use? What do I have here? That yeah. sort of thing, yeah. um, or just little tweaks depending on what sort of sauna company you're having. Having, you know, right. what, so, how, how am I going to prep? Uh -huh. You know, do I have enough towels here, or you know that sort of thing? Yeah, you know, to that point, like uh, I manage the amount of wood I use <clears throat> uh, by who's how many people are showing up. With an extra body, it's an extra stick of wood because there's that the door's going to open and close that many more times, um, and there's you know more flow going on and more heat needed. So, what's the one thing about sauna do you think that is uh, maybe misunderstood that uh, you'd like others to know? That you know, as you think about sauna and and trying, you know, is there a broken record in, in your uh, in your work that you're you try to dispel like misconceptions of anything with yeah um, yeah I mean I, I, I think that um, you know in, in America especially there's a lot of misconceptions um, you know there's the um, just that's weird 
uh, misconception, like to go sweat with other people. Um, and the nudity thing. Right, right. Um, and, and then but, when you but, throw a Vita in the equation, right. <laughs> you know, it then fins are easily made fun of. You're, right. you're going to go, you're going to sweat, you're gonna be, and you beat each other with sticks. Right. I mean, come on, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I've heard it all, and yeah. I, I, I don't, uh, it, it doesn't really bother me or, or, or offend me at this point. Uh, I, I just feel, um, you know, sorry for those people that, that just don't get to understand it. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess and, more sound yeah. is for us then. Well, you know, to that point, uh, I have to say, I'll draw a crazy analogy to music, right? Um, uh, it's, it's sort of like you have this great band that you really love, and when the band comes to town or whatever, where you go see the band, you're amongst kindred spirits in a small venue, right? And uh, you relish that. Right? If, if that band becomes like Coldplay and all of a sudden you're one of 20,000 at Target Center, you, you have to admit that some of that identity is going to be lost with that band. And so I personally love where Authentic Sauna sits in North America in terms of popularity because it's connected for me personally, it's connected me with wonderful people 100%. And uh, <clears throat> I value that. And it's not everybody. So, you know, if this thing becomes like yoga and, you know, you got everybody walking around with a sauna towel, you know, it's going to feel like Coldplay at Target Center for me. And I, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, something like sauna that, that can happen. Um, I mean, it's been around for how many years? Yeah. I mean, thousands. Centuries. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. I mean, I, I think there there will always be uh, the 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 whole fad uh, thing uh, will pop up here and there with with sauna, um, but but I don't think that it will be that authentic portion of it will be lost. Well, you could say that the cold play of sauna is infrared. I, I think so. And and it's bringing <clears throat> the idea of going into a cedar lined room. Um, with heat of some capacity, you know, it's, it's bringing that concept to the masses like it's never before. Right. Uh, and wouldn't you say that, that uh, infrared is a fairly new phenomenon? In, in, yep, in the yep, world? yep. I'd yeah. say, uh, you know, 10, 10 to 20. Um, 10 to 20 years? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could maybe venture to say, if you go uh, to Asia beyond, you know, maybe more than 20, but... Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's very new when you compare it to, uh, authentic sauna or traditional sauna. Right on. Hey, and if, uh, if a hundred people get an infrared and, and maybe two or 10 graduate to, you know, what we call authentic, um, I think it'll do nothing then except advance the, uh, you know, the awareness of the authentic. Right. Right. So it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, me personally, I think that uh, an infrared user um, or, or buyer today, um, there's a good chance they maybe never would have bought a sauna, a traditional sauna. 
Um, Agreed. So I, I, I think you, you bring up a good point there that, you know, potentially it could lead to, you know, full on traditional use. Yeah. <clears throat> how's business for you? Are, how long have you been doing this gig or how long have you been working for Tyler Hulo, the, the family company and, uh, or been must involved? Be, must uh, be going on to four years. Oh, okay. Okay. But you, um, you've been involved. But yeah, prior to um, working for Hilo Hilo, I worked for Saunas.com out in California. And uh, I was there for five years selling a wide variety of brands mm -hmm. um, across the board. Uh, in, in your time, have you seen a growth, like a, a, you know, more, more sales, more awareness, more interest? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you're selling them, it's, it's hard to, I mean, people are always buying. So, yeah. um, I, I think there's a, a growth. Yes. Um, and there's definitely, uh, room to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, so much room, especially in North America. Yeah. Um, commercially and home. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, in, in both fronts. Um, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of saunas on the commercial side are, you know, it's a mix of new and refurbed, you know, mm -hmm. a, a commercial sauna typically, you know, I'd say 10 years is a good life. Um, unfortunately some people don't clean them properly and, uh, they deteriorate a lot quicker than that. Yeah. Um, what, what advice do you have for cleaning a sauna, either a commercial or a, a home sauna, to extend the life of a sauna? Uh, pretty pretty uh, easy stuff, and I, I'm sure you uh, have it dialed in, but, um, you know, just uh, warm water and a, a mild uh, detergent. Mm -hmm. you, you brought over this wonderful stuff, uh, a little dabble do you and a warm bucket of water. Yeah, the, matter of fact, is it the sauna clean? Yeah. And do you guys sell that stuff? Yeah, yeah, we sell yeah. that. Um, great product. Comes from Finland. I'm, I'm holding uh, a one liter white bottle in my hand, <clears throat> and I'm sad to report it's frozen. <laughs> this is a bad a bad statement to you right now, but it's about half filled. Uh, it'll probably still work. Yes, and uh, sauna clean. Um, just a little dab in, into a warm uh, bucket of water. Yep, yep. Uh, and then uh, I always like to use a brush. Mm -hmm. Just brush down the benches. And then I usually keep, uh, you know, like you always have like an old uh, uh, towel, something stained, you know, some old t-shirts. Yeah. If you don't mind getting stained, uh, follow up to wipe whatever you irritate out of the wood away and wick it away. So that would be like an old dry towel. Yep. So you you would have this warm bucket with a little sauna clean there, and it's a very mild, soapy, non-abrasive. Right, right. Nice smelling. Brush that on, wipe it off with a towel. Yep. You are shivering, my man. I know. I. You want to go in again? Yeah. I'm gonna wait out I here. I got to uh, um, get on your uh, Wim Hof uh, program. Well, okay, <clears throat> that guy is on something. <laughs> about mind control. I mean, if you listen to the core of your body instead of the skin, you'll understand, I think, even right now, that you're not cold. Right. But you got it in your head. You're shivering <laughs> like a little girl. Right, yeah. 
No, that's good. All right, you know what? I think I was in California too long. I think. You know that does it. Yeah. That absolutely does it. It's it's so hard to go back. Like I was in Mexico for ten days. I'll tell you about Temescal in a little in a little bit. It's so wonderful how, when you think about two centuries old cultural traditions in different continents evolved, both with sweat therapy, is pretty remarkable. But anyway, the point is, is I got back from. Uh, hey, I came back at a wrong time. I got back from Mexico, <laughs> where the coldest has got was 70 degrees, and right. then boom, we get hit with this cold plunge. Why don't you go in, and then uh, I'll catch up. Listen, if we don't, uh, if, if I hit edit here, I just want to thank Scott, and how do you pronounce your last name? Re- Risenin. Risenin. I yep. know how to spell it finally, but I didn't dare take a shot at pronouncing it. <laughs> oh, so thanks right. for coming for Sonic uh, Thank Talk, you. Scott. It was thanks a real pleasure. Bunch.